Hey, my fellow monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Armed Ape Podcast, the show where we review and talk about everything from guns, gear, and movies to life in general. Nothing is ever out of bounds. As always, everything we talk about has the end goal of making our lives better by cutting through all the marketing BS using logic, reason, and honest discussions. I look forward to hearing from you soon and to your participation in the show. Well, hello, my beautiful, beautiful monkeys and my fellow travelers. What's going on? Today is Friday. It's the 13th of August, 2021, when this show is getting released. A little bit behind the scenes stuff. I am recording this a little bit earlier, and I found that it's been working out pretty well. Uh, Usually what I'll do is I'll take like a Saturday or a Sunday, and I'll record three shows uh, for our series review. So... What we are doing is we are coming to the end of season two. Now, there is three seasons. Season two has 11 episodes, and we're going to be doing episode nine, entitled Socks Are Important, of season two of Mr. In-Between. So there's a lot to unpack with this episode today. We had a lot on the last episode where we got to see, oh, a lot of the, maybe the, inner workings of a lot of these guys, how does how does uh, being around a lot of death and killing and sort of destruction and chaos, how does that sort of affect those guys? Uh, and so we got a little bit of insight on Ray, and it does affect him. Uh, so anyway, let's go ahead and get our contact info up and going, and then we'll jump in with our review of episode 9. If you'd like to contact me, I do have a couple of different ways. There is the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-APE1, 206-745-2731. You are limited to about 90 seconds on that if you want to call in. However, you can call in as many times as you want. If you would rather write an email, have me read it for you on the show, or if you'd rather record your own audio and send it to me, the place you want to send that to is thearmedape at gmail.com all one word thearmedape at gmail.com if you go over to the show's website which is thearmedape.com you'll find all the buttons for my social media stuff there is facebook twitter youtube and instagram if you would like to support the show financially there is a paypal donation button there located on that front page then you can just click on the button there and then follow the on-screen prompts If you'd like to support the show in a way that is not financial, I would ask that you go over to my YouTube channel and subscribe there. And I'm trying to build that thing up, and we are slowly and steadily building that up. Uh, Speaking of kind of numbers and and building up, I have noticed since I've been doing the show that the numbers are starting to increase a little bit on some of the downloads. So I'm hoping to maybe increase our numbers here as well, get a little bit more what's the word I'm thinking of, uh, or phrase, maybe community participation. I haven't gotten a lot of participation, uh, and it's understandable. We don't have a whole lot of people out there that are listening right now. However, like I said, I think our numbers are starting to go back up. Hopefully, we'll be able to get some guys that uh, 
wanted to have maybe add some feedback or have some comments and things like that for the show. And also, it doesn't have to be just on the Mr. In-Between stuff. It can be on past things that we've done. It can also be on product reviews or recommendations, things like that that you have. All right, so let's jump in with episode nine of season two entitled Socks Are Important of Mr. In-Between. So we open up and Ray has Britt and Maddie, uh, are, or they're over at Zoe's house. And you say, well, who is Zoe? Zoe is Dirk's. I don't know if they were, I was going to say ex-wife, but I don't know if they were just separated. I think they were separated, but they may have been divorced. That, you know, that I'm not 100% sure on. Anyway, Ray is over there and he has brought Brittany and she and... Zoe's daughter, Maddie, are just kind of sitting on the floor playing. Ray and Zoe are in the kitchen, and they're talking about uh, Dirk's suicide. Ray's asking her, well, you know, how are you holding up? You know, do you need anything? If you need any money, just let me know. And she's like, no, we don't need any money. We're okay for now. And he's like, all right, well, just, you know, let me know. She is relating to Ray. She's like, man, I don't really know what I'm going to do. I haven't told her anything yet. And then he kind of looks at her and says, well, are you going to tell her? And he kind of leaves it hanging, but... Basically, are you going to tell her that he killed himself? And she's like, no, she's seven. And he's like, mm, okay, fair enough. And then she says, I'm just going to tell her it's an accident, but I don't you know, know when I'm going to do that, that type of thing. Cut from that, Ray is taking the girls to the movies. And so we, I, I think that's the main reason probably Ray is there to kind of maybe give her some time to herself or to give her the time to make some arrangements or do whatever. But we've seen in past shows that Maddie and Brittany are, uh, they're relatively close in age. Um, Maddie is younger than Brittany. I think Brittany is supposed to be nine, maybe getting ready to turn 10. Uh, Maddie is around six. Uh, They end up going to the movies. There's kind of a cute little interaction that they have there. After that, they, so, and, and it's more kind of that, oh, I guess you'd call it slice of life type thing to where we're just seeing Ray and how he interacts with the girls and... You know, we see that he gets along with them just fine. There's no strained moments. You know, he's uh, he, he's real good with them and everything. So, again, it, it continues on stuff that we've seen in the past, which is testament to the to the consistency of the writing. And, I, I again, I come back to this a lot, but a lot of this, I think, goes to that Scott Ryan is probably the one who has the final say. I'm sure there's collaboration with the directors and some of the other stuff, but I think that he has sort of the final say on everything. And like I said, I don't know 100% if there are other writers or if it's just him or if he has, you know, uh, two or three guys that he trusts, that type of thing. So anyway, let's get back to the actual show. So they go and they watch a movie. Uh, they have fun kind of goofing around. They are in a department store similar to probably something like a Target or something like that. And I wanted to play this clip just because I thought it was pretty cute. And it does show the... Um, the type of relationship that Ray has with the girls. I'm bored. Me too. Help me find some socks, eh? Socks? Boring. Socks are important. Why? Well, they stop your feet from smelling. Your feet stink anyway. Yeah, Uncle Ray, your feet stink. Do they? They pong. Yeah. You pong. That doesn't even make any sense. Well, you don't make any sense. 
Can we go look at the bikes, Dad? Yeah. Where's the bikes? Over there. Please. Oh. Don't go anywhere else. Hey, Maddie. Yeah? Pick something out for your birthday. Okay. Can I get something, Dad? Is it your birthday? No. Well. Anything. I buy you stuff all the time. So buy me this. No. Why? Because if I do buy you everything you want, you're going to grow up to be a spoiled brat. I don't even know what that is. A spoiled brat is a person who gets everything they want and they're weak and whingy and whiny. Is that what you want to be when you grow up? No. Come on, put it back. Where's Maddie? Um, I don't know. She rode off somewhere. Rode off where? Uh, around there. I wanted to play that clip just because, it, again, it does show that Ray is relaxed. The girls are relaxed with him. They're used to him. And it shows, again, that he is a good father. You know, that he is not just sort of this raging inferno all the time. And I think in a lesser written show, they would want to have things where Ray loses his cool around the girls all the time or, or you know, snaps at his kids all the time or something like that or can't, you know, can't quite keep it together. And they would do that for the maybe this the uh, for the sake of extra drama. So, but I like the fact that he doesn't. You know, Ray. Ray is a lot of things, but one of the things that he is, he's a very disciplined person, and he. Mm, I don't want to say it. He. He can keep him. He keeps himself in check, so that he is not really going to have any major meltdowns now. Although I say that, and remember one of the things is we don't really talk about spoilers for upcoming episodes, but I will kind of mention that he does kind of, you see uh, a little bit later in this episode that he is kind of losing his cool a little bit. Uh, but there's, there's good reason for that. So we see here that uh, Ray goes to pick up the girls. Brittany, he sees her. And in, in the layout of the store, it's like he's, there's a long aisle He's where his like socks and underwear are. He looks down and you can see the bikes. And then there's this little track that you can kind of practice riding around the bikes and stuff on in the store. Uh, and as we hear, he goes to get the girls. Brittany is like, well, I don't know. She kind of rode off that way. So they go through the department store. They look, they can't find her. Ray goes up to, oh, the person that runs the PA or something like that. And he's like, oh, hey, my uh, my daughter's missing. Her name's Maddie. And she's like, oh, we'll page her. So they page her. Nothing happens. They go uh, looking around for her. They don't see her anywhere. Ray then goes, do you have any CCTV footage? And they're like, yeah, they go back. He has the guy uh, run the footage back. And they run the, they, so they go back. They run the footage. We see a little bit of this. And, and well, so they, they spot Maddie leaving with some guy and the guy's kind of distinctive looking. He almost looks like he's like really super, super blonde, 
even though he's got a hat on, but he looks almost like um, almost like an albino type thing. So Ray has the guy stop the footage, and then they zoom in on it, and then he uses his phone and he takes a picture of it. And one of the things that I talked about a little earlier was that, you know, we see Ray is kind of losing his cool a little bit. When they went back into the office, the guy was on the phone just kind of BSing with one of his friends, and Ray eventually grabs the phone, gets tired of waiting, just grabs the phone out and, you know, kind of orders the guy around. So you can see that Ray is kind of transitioned into no-nonsense mode. He understands what's going on. Uh, He understands that he needs to find Maddie pretty quick. So the next scene, we see Freddy is kind of sitting at home. Ray calls him up and says, hey, Dirk's kid got taken. I need you to get me a list of sex offenders. Can you do that for me? And Freddy's like, yeah, I have a cop that I can reach out to and I can get you that information. I'll get on it and then I'll either, you know, I'll text it all over to you or email it to you or something like that so you can have it. We cut to then Ray then calls Gary and he tells Gary the story about what happened with Maddie and he says... I need you to get out there and try to track this guy down. And so Gary's like, yep, I'm on it. We cut back and Ray has put Brittany in the car. And then he's, while he's making some phone calls, he gets in, he tells her to buckle up. She can tell something is, is wrong. I don't think she understands the serious nature of it. But Ray is like, oh, we got to find Brittany and this, that, and the other thing. And so she's like, I want mom because she, she can tell that Ray is kind of, is getting more and more frantic. So what Ray does is he has her buckle up. He He's driving pretty fast, and you can tell she's kind of, you know, is kind of white-knuckling a little bit. He picks her up. He, he gets to a place. He stops. He jumps out. He goes in with Brittany. He drops her off. Basically what he's doing is he's dropping Brittany off to um, his ex-wife, to Brittany's mom, and then he just turns around and leaves. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't do anything. He just drops her off and out. And then you can see, you know, Brittany's getting consoled by her by her mother. Oh, and one other thing. I said I thought she was six. The mom actually does say that Maddie is seven. So Maddie is seven, Brittany is nine. So there's only a couple of years between them. So we cut to this. And, and I guess I should say that there's a lot of quick cuts back and forth because we're, we're going in between like between Ray, between Gary, maybe between Freddie, between, you know, other characters. So we're going to have a lot of cuts in this episode. Uh, But it's all done quite well. We cut back to Gary, and he is meeting with, I think, maybe they're they're, uh, some Russian guys or something like that. And anyway, he meets with a guy who is named Hassan. And Hassan tells him that, you know, because Gary had put the word out, oh, do you know about any kind of pedophiles or stuff like this that might have taken a kid? And so Hassan tells him, look, there was this guy that I know, and he was buying some uh, marijuana from this this one dealer. He the, he had told us the story of that at one point the guy said, the, the drug dealer had said, oh, do you want to buy some toys? And then Gary's like, well, oh, okay. And then he's like, well, does this guy have a name? Meaning does the guy, like the, the guy that you know, does he have a name so I can go talk to him and find out who this drug dealer is? And he's like, yeah, his name is Pidgey. P-I-D, like pigeon, Pidgey, P-I-D-G-Y. Uh, and he's one of these guys, probably a, oh, I don't know, maybe like a, a, a lower level, um, what do I want to say, like a, like a lower level soldier in the organization, kind of like, a, uh, or, or maybe even like a fence or a kind of a thief or something. Anyway, he's, he's one of these guys that, these, that this Hassan dude knows. 
what we do is we cut back over to Ray. Ray goes up to a house. He kicks in a door. And there's a guy, and he's threatening this guy. And he's like, where's the girl? Where's the girl? And the guy's like, I don't, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And so what we're to infer from this is that Ray is going down the list. And then he's of, of uh, known sex offenders and pedophiles in the area. And he's just going to go down and start kicking down doors. And, of course, you know, he's threatening him. He's, you know, holding the gun to him. And, and the guy's like, I don't know. I don't know. We then cut right back to Gary goes up to a house, knocks on the door. Dude opens the door. And he's like, I'm from Hassan. Are you Pidgey? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit. And then he opens, he raises up his shirt and you can see the butt of uh, like a revolver. And the guy's like, okay. Uh, so this guy then, uh, a couple of things is established with that. Number one, we understand that Pidgey understands, oh, this guy knows Hassan, who's kind of over me. So I, I, uh, I'll at least talk to him. And then he also, that this guy is armed. So this guy is... He is part of the criminal underworld, and he's probably, you know, for all, I mean, he, because he doesn't know Gary. So he is probably saying, okay, this guy is, is, has the possibility of somebody not to be trifled with. Gary then says to Pidgey, hey, I want information on this weed guy. And Gary tells him, he's like, look, you need to be straight with me and tell me what I want to know. And if you do that, everything's going to be fine. If you don't, there's going to be a big, big problem. And then Pidgey's like, you know, kind of nods. And then we cut back to Ray. He's still at that same uh, pedophile's house. And then he shows him the photo of the guy because he can tell from the from the photo, oh, this isn't him. But what he's, and he would say, well, why is he talking to him? The reason he's talking to him is because he thinks this guy may know him or may be part of like a network where they kidnap kids and then... Uh, basically sex trafficking. So the guy's like, I don't know who he is. I don't know who he is. And then he's like, I swear to God. And, and Ray is, is at that time. I, and I can't remember if it was this scene or the scene prior, but at the time he has the gun pointed at the guy and he's counting down. He's like four, three, two, one. Like he's going to shoot. And the guy's like, no, no, I don't. I don't know. We cut then to Pidgey and Gary and Pidgey is telling Gary about the weed guy. And I'm going to, I kind of wrote down the, a little bit of the story here, so I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, read it out. So Pidgey tells Gary, he says, I bought a couple of kilos from a bloke in Inmore. I've been buying off him for a couple of months. One day, he says, do I want to buy some toys? And I say, yeah, sure. Now, this is important. When, when the guy says, yeah, sure, Gary looks at him like, you know, are you a pedo too? And then the guy, and then the guy says... And, and this happens, you know, just in the, like in the form of conversation. So when you're watching it, you see the, you see the interaction. But then the guy says, but I didn't know. I thought he must be talking about guns or something. Anyway, we go down to his basement. There is a concealed room that's behind the cupboard, a big old lock on the door. We open it. We go in. There's these kids just there. And then we cut from that to, so we know that at, at this point, Gary is probably on to something. So we cut to then Ray and he's walking down the street and he's, uh, you know, you can, you can tell from his face, he's kind of frantic. He sees an advertisement on the side of a building for a tax accountant. And then he 
it kind of you can see something kind of hits him something clicks in his head and he turns around and he runs off the other way and he's got a lot of like kind of anger in his face so I, I don't know whether I should talk about it now or talk about it later because it's a, a little bit of a mini spoiler for this episode, but it, it, it really won't matter. So the reason that Ray and I get, yeah, we'll go ahead and talk about it now. So the reason that Ray, why he turns around and why something clicks in his head is that he sees the tax accountant thing and he sees who it is and he recognizes the guy and he sees, oh, that is. Davros's brother, the guy that I basically killed. And to be fair, Davros was trying to kill Ray. But if we remember uh, shortly after that episode where the stuff goes down with Davros, Nasir, who is uh, Freddy's son-in-law, is down at the club. And then he had said to, he and Freddy were talking, Nasir and Freddy were talking, and Ray came up. And then, and then he's like, is that the guy? Is that the guy? And then Nasir, and he's like, no, no, no. And then Nasir is like, I'll show you sorrow. You're blah, 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 blah. You know, Ray kind of went after him a little bit, but Freddie hustled him into, you know, behind, back into the office and closed the door. And then Ray sort of just let it go. And the main reason Ray let it go is because that Nasir is part of Freddie's family through marriage now. That's so what Ray thinks, what, what Ray thinks in his mind is this guy has hired somebody to kidnap probably my kid and they they took Maddie by mistake because the person you know they had somebody follow me they and they you know take one of the girls that he's got thinking that oh this is probably one of Ray's kids we cut from that and we cut to Freddie and Freddie is coming out of the bathroom and he's like hey where's all the toilet paper and she, you know they have this kind of this back and forth of it and then Ray shows up and he grabs Freddie and tells Freddie, I want to talk to your son-in-law about Dirk's kid. And Freddie's like, well, uh, you know, I can tell you right. He's like, what? No. And he's like, no, I can tell you right now, mate. He doesn't have anything to do with that. Ray is not having any of that. And he basically hustles Freddie out and he's like, now nah, we're going to go talk to him. And then Freddie is saying like, well, you know, he's just an accountant. And then what happens is Ray, you know, Ray gets Freddie in the car they go speeding recklessly. They zip over to uh, Nasir's house. And I'm going to go ahead and play the clip here of what happens. Oh, mate, this is family here, so just take it easy, okay? Let me do the talking, okay? Okay? Relax. Thank you. Appreciate it. Please, right, please. 
Please. Please. So there again, I know I say this a lot, but there is a lot there to unpack in that scene. One of the major things is one of the reasons that Freddie sort of brought Ray over there or allowed Ray to go in there, I guess, is that he thought, okay, this is the criminal code. Ray and I have known each other for a long, long time, and he is not going to do anything crazy because this is this is my family this is my my daughter's husband so you know this is going to be the you know my direct in-laws and this is going to be possibly this guy is going to be possibly the father of my any any grandchildren that I have so when when uh Freddie is like oh I appreciate it you know and Ray's like relax like, oh, I appreciate it he and, and it's so out of the blue and it's a it's a fantastic scene to watch and you see Ray he kind of realizes you know, okay, I, you know, I believe that this guy didn't have anything to do with it. You know, you can, t- it, it's a, a good scene in that nobody tries to like strong arm him. Of course, he's standing there with a shotgun. He's got a, you know, a big old 12 gauge. And, uh, you know, as you heard, he gets in the car and takes off. And then of course, Freddie's like, I didn't know, I didn't know. Because really in Freddie's mind, he thought maybe what might've happened is they would have taken Nasir aside and talked to him and got it ironed out. Again, we see one of these things, this is one of the scenes too, where Ray is sort of losing his cool. I think that had this been maybe something else or had it not been somebody who he views as directly under his protection, uh, meaning Maddie. And again, you know, she calls him Uncle Ray. And so there's a, you know, there's a closeness to it, uh, to them that they have. So in this type of situation, he almost views it probably not 100%, but very, very close to if somebody had taken Brittany. You know, what what would he do? What links would he go to? And sort of at this point, it's kind of like all bets are off. And and you could say, well, you know, he kind of failed his friend uh, in, in one way, and so he doesn't want to fail him again, and that's why he's, you know, doing this to get the kid back. But again, it's also the part of that Ray has the capability and the ability to do through direct action to solve this problem that he has. And so that's what he's going to do. So next we see that Ray gets a text from Gary and he says, Hey, you know, I'm on to something. It's a little bit later. The next scene, it's a little bit later in the evening. Gary and Pidgey are going up to this weed dealer's place. And you can tell Gary is kind of like pushing Pidgey along like, all right, come on, you know, let's, let's get this stuff uh, over with and let's do it. So they go over to the weed dealer and we see immediately when they open the door, oh, this is the guy that took Maddie. Uh, and it turns out his name is Tim. And they go into Tim's house and there are two other people that are there. There's a man and a woman. Gary, they have a kind of a little negotiation. Gary ends up buying about four kilos of weed from Tim and then Gary and you know pays him. And then Gary says, uh, well, what else you got? You got any guns? And then the guy, and Tim's like, sure. And he, he takes uh, Gary into a back room and he shows Gary the guns. Gary kind of looks him over and says, well, 
you know, I don't need them right now, but I know for sure where to come to when I do. And then Tim says, well, what about pills or any, any Coke? And Gary's like, nah. And he's like, what about speed, uppers, downers? And goes through this kind of whole list. And Gary's like, well, you're a regular one-stop shop, aren't you? And they both kind of laugh about it. And as they're, they're walking by the door, um, in the story, remember that Pidgey had told Gary, he said, well, there's this big padlock that goes, that's a, that goes down into the basement. And so as Gary walks by there, he kind of picks up the, the padlock kind of rattles and it says, what do you got in here? The kitchen sink. And they both, they both laugh. And then, so Gary and Pidgey are going to go outside of the house and then Pidgey is in front and then Gary stops and he turns around and he takes out his, pulls the gun on Tim and he tells Pidgey to tie him up. And of course, you know, there's a little bit of chaos and stuff here, but Gary's got the drop on him. So they get them tied up and then he leaves Pidgey in the room with them. And Pidgey has like, it looks like it's a thick lead pipe. And I'm sure he's told Pidgey, we don't hear it, but I'm sure he's told Pidgey, if, if these guys move, just start beating them. Gary gets the keys off of Tim. He goes, unlocks the basement, the, the doorway to down to the basement. He goes down there. There is a, like a big cabinet and he, there's, it's locked and he opens that up and then he opens the door up and you just see like there's some brooms and some stuff in there and there's like a pegboard on there and he's looking around and then so he, he knows that he's looking for some type of maybe secret entrance. So he pulls the pegboard off and he finds the hidden room and in the room and, and Maddie is in the room and she's got this little stuffed animal that she's holding. But in the room, it's a decent sized room and it's got a bed and it's got like a lamp and some stuff in there. Gary goes, oh, do you know who I am? And she's like, no. And so I don't know if maybe once before a long time ago, maybe, you know, Gary was with Ray and Brittany or something. And when Maddie was over and they kind of, you know, he might have known her a little bit, that type of thing. And he says, well, your Uncle Ray sent me to take you home to your mom. Again, like I said, she's clutching a little stuffed animal. Now, she didn't have a stuffed animal with her when Tim grabbed her from the department store and took her and put her in there. So she is kind of, you know, holding on to that thing as a security blanket. Gary takes her out to his car, puts her in his car, and he says, well, you stay here and then I'm going to, I'll be right back and then I'm going to take you to your mom. So he goes back inside the house and he tells Pidgey, he's like, you know, go ahead and piss off. And then he takes the three people down to the basement and he, go, he's, he takes them down and he's going to put them in the room that Maddie was in. And Tim is the, the so he's the drug dealer. He's the last one. And, and as Gary is putting him in, he turns to Gary and says, hey, hey, listen, just so you know, we didn't do anything to her, man. We just sell them. And then Gary just immediately just pistol whips him right in the face. And then he shoves Tim in there and locks him inside. The next thing is we see Ray and he gets a text from Gary and says that he has Maddie. And then he also gives the address and then Ray whips the car around and, and, uh, heads back in the opposite direction that he was going. Gary is driving, uh, Maddie to Zoe. And remember Zoe's the mom and he's like, Oh, you doing okay, Maddie. And she's like, yeah, kind of nodding. And you can tell she's kind of shaken up. I don't, it's interesting, and I don't know necessarily that she really kind of understands what's happening. I think she's probably just pretty confused. And now, and I do think one of the reasons that we we got the dialogue from the kidnapper slash drug dealer Tim is that it's a way to let us know as the audience members that they 
they didn't do anything to her. And I think it's supposed to be a reliable narration that we're supposed to, to take that and know that. Uh, so Gary takes Maddie back to Zoe. He gets her out of the car and she's out there waiting on the porch. And then she takes her in and she's like, thank you, thank you. And he's like, you all right? And, and uh, anything? And she just, you know, goes inside and he's just kind of out there kind of, and it ends on him again, sort of, mm, it's hard to say what his expression is. It's, I think it's a, it's a little bit of him trying to kind of empathize with the mother. Um, also, and this will be a little bit of an aside, but we'll talk a little bit about, about Gary's character. So we see that he is a competent criminal. He is not a, and again, in a lesser show, what we would see is he would be kind of the comic relief. Now he, to be fair, he is sort of the comic relief in a lot of ways, but he is not a bumbling idiot that can't do anything right and is always messing everything up and Ray has to come save his bacon. We see that in criminal world, he's capable, he's ruthless, he can act uh, in a violent, brutal manner if he needs to. Anyway, I, 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 again, I, I think it's a good testament to the writing and to the character development that, we're, that Ray is not turned into kind of a buffoon. So we cut to the, uh, the basement, and we're, it's like we're down at, the, uh, down at the bottom of the stairs looking up, and it's kind of dark, and it's lit from up, up top. And you see sort of that Spetsnaz shovel that Ray had bought a while, a couple episodes back. And then you see these legs come down, and it's Ray, and he's basically wearing a tank top and just his underwear. And he's got that shovel in his hand. And remember one of the things that they said was Ray, you know, when he showed Gary the shovel originally, was like, feel that. And he was like, ooh, it's sharp. So I imagine Ray has probably sharpened up that edge of that thing. He goes down the stairs, goes over to the cabinet, opens it up, opens up the door, and he kind of like springs in almost like a tiger or you know, like a beast kind of coming in there. And then he, you hear them start to scream. He, the door is shut behind him. He, so he, he's got the shovel in his hand. He jumps through the kind of through the doorway. And with the same time as you're hearing the Tim and the other two people start to scream, he slams the door shut. And it, what it reminded me of, if you've ever seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, is there was a scene where Leatherface smacks this guy in the head, yanks him inside, and then just slams the door shut. And so it, it, it was very reminiscent of that for me. Some time passes. We're not sure how much, but probably not too long. And Ray opens the door. He comes out. He is covered in blood. We see sort of over his shoulder as he's coming out, there is a leg that's kind of propped up on the bed where Maddie had been sitting. He closes the door to there and he walks out into the the basement in general, like in the basement room. He is in shadow and he has, as he comes up, he has almost a, hmm, I don't know, like a, like a cathartic look, if, if that makes sense. It's like he kind of, you know, raises up a little bit and breathes out and he kind of has a little bit, I don't know if it's supposed to be a smile or maybe it's a grimace or maybe it's a, a thing of satisfaction of, you know, he, he basically killed to what in his mind is and, and what to a lot of 
people in the underworld is supposed to be is they cannot stand child molesters and, and you know, uh, traffickers and things like that, people like that. So he comes out and I think he's just like, and I, and it could be too that there's relief that everything that he's kind of wrapped everything up and totally finished the job. So maybe there's some relief that Maddie, he knows Maddie is back, that, you know, she'll be safe with Gary and Gary will get her back to Zoe. And then that's how the show ends. And probably at the, at the end of season three, I'm going to do a little bit of a kind of a, a wrap up show. And one of the things we're going to talk a lot about is some of the music from the episodes. And it ends with a song called Tupelo and it's by Nick Cave. I think the the music here with the lyrics has some meaning. So the lyrics are, look a yonder, look a yonder, a big black cloud comes, yonder on the horizon. So I took that to kind of have two separate meanings. One, that Ray was the big black cloud that was basically death that's coming on the horizon for those people. And that and it's it's unstoppable, you can't. And there's no there's no sort of getting out of the way of it. It's just going to happen. So Ray is in, in some in some ways this sort of a force of nature uh, that happened to those people. But I think it also we know that from Ray's actions that there are going to be some consequences. He has crossed the line with Freddie. So I don't. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but we know something will probably happen. You know, will there be, well, and we, we won't get into it, but again, so I, I think that's there, there may be a black cloud heading for Ray as well. All right. That is it for episode nine of season two entitled socks are important. One real quick little thing, just as a kind of a fun, funny little aside in a couple of earlier shows, and I can't remember which one it was, but there was a little thing where Ray had, had come to the club and Freddie was there. And this is, again, this is many episodes ago. And Freddie is wearing shoes without socks. And Ray's like, why aren't you wearing socks? And he's like, it's called fashion, mate, and blah, 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 blah. So it was kind of neat that, you know, there was a little bit of a throwback to that about, you know, socks are important. They keep your feet from stinking, all that type of stuff. So, all right, that is it for today, our next Episode will be season 10, or season 10 will be season 2, episode 10, and I believe that one is entitled uh, Nice Face. And again, that's uh, season 2, episode 10, which we'll be doing on Monday the 16th, I believe. If you would like to contact me, if you got any comments about the show, about the series in general, remember the only thing we don't want to do is you could talk about Anything uh, from season one, season two, up to because I would play it on the next, on the next episode on season ten's episode. So you can talk about stuff that happens in season ten, but don't talk about anything that happens beyond that. So in, in uh, or not season ten, good lord, in episode ten or eleven or anything in season three. Voicemail is two zero six seven four five two seven three one. Email address thearmedape at gmail.com. Remember, you can send either email or your own audio there. All right, my beautiful monkeys and my fellow travelers, I will talk to you guys next time. <laughs>